number five. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Elisa Noya Trethrick with Amber Five. Don't know if you can hear that piano music in the back, uh, but today we're going to hear uh, a bit about brands and NFTs and how brands and companies can benefit, uh, you know, from utilizing NFTs. How to kind of get involved? Um, just a few, you know facts here and there about capitalizing off of them, creating community, like kind of really understanding what makes it different than, than being a brand in, in web two. Uh, and I think that, you know, it, in the last year, it's really taken off a different kind of world, um, you know, and just the, the ability to see branding and marketing in a different way that, you know, so many of us were, I know that that I was in general like just overcome with a like astonishment, understanding like how much of my information was being utilized for marketing and things that it didn't even make sense, um, you know, and, and seeing where marketing dollars were going for Facebook and and Google, um, you know, and, and Pinterest and Yahoo and all these different things, and, and really being able to see a light at the end of the tunnel for ad spend, which, you know, especially after COVID, uh, you know, th things are tighter for a lot of other brands and companies. And sadly, many have have had to close because, you know, marketing is so expensive. And a lot of the time, it's really hard to even target, like hyper target or, or getting there, like, you know, it can take up to three months to really be hyper targeting to just throwing, throwing, you know, $100 a day at an ad on Facebook, um, and, and just hoping that 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 happens and really seeing, where marketing dollars are going now and and i'll just go into it since i've already started but i feel like you know and, and have seen and, and the more that you'll read across the web that marketing dollars being put towards actual genuine interaction and community management is really um you know a, a shining light at the end of a tunnel for a lot of companies instead of putting it highly into these ads that just a lot of them go out into the ether um, and they're so expensive and increasingly um, surmounted by bots. I think like 80% of Facebook ads are, um, you know, like when they go to your website and things like that, they're bots. They had, they had this huge, I think lawsuit a few years ago, um, which it came out, you know, it was like 80% were, were not real interactions, which just sucks, you know, as a small business owner um, and, and for large businesses too, like the amount of effort and energy and, and spend um, can really be overcome by creating this, you know, what Web3 is demanding, which is that transparency, that being genuine, um, being real, being kind, being conscious, um, especially with the the new amounts of, you know, like Gen Zers and, you know, even like millennials in general being really conscious about our, our world, our communities, uh, you know, really trying to take the power into our own hands as consumers and, and you know, taking those analytics back and, and being shown what we actually want to see by having that genuine interaction. So I think that that's a really interesting ask from Web3 in general that that is being demanded and you can you know you can definitely see that where we are right now on twitter um and instagram in in a lot of ways is dying and we all wondered why did we spend <laughs> 10 years on instagram when we should have been spending it on twitter my wife and i always ask ourselves that because the the community and the feeling and the love and the understanding and the transparency and the 
validity, I feel, is so much more um, asked for and genuine here. So if you're a brand and you're listening or you're listening to this on the podcast, definitely start to have a Twitter presence, you know, start to have conversations with your community on things that matter within your brand, I think is a really great step to in, in the right direction. Um, you know, providing useful information, really being able to connect. And, and what that means is like, not just liking, but commenting with genuine comments, you know, that, that are relevant to that post, not just a hashtag love it, you know, but being really, really genuine um, with, with who is passionate about your brand is going to create that, that long lasting relationship that you don't have to throw marketing dollars at. Like if you had 1000 customers that were dedicated to your brand and, and you knew it and you rewarded them and you created the, this really beautiful interactive experience for them um, that, that can be even resold, um, which is really interesting compared to, you know, the, the point system for rewards and things that there are now, you're really putting the time in to create the, a, a longevity of the brand that, that they're going to talk about and appreciate, and they'll be the marketers for you. Um, and, and, and it's, it's just really beautiful to see. And it's only been like a real year that a lot of companies are starting to go in this in this route and it is the way of the future and it will be having happening more and more so it's really great time to listen to things like this and and just be aware and uh you know abreast of what's going on and that you know marketing spend is hard right now and it has been increasingly hard i worked for a beauty brand for two years and it is like it is serious money every day needed to be put in and a lot of small businesses uh you know don't have that kind of um that kind of money and funding so it's really important to spend that time instead creating these, you know, you, unique bonds that, you know, are, are, you know, more fruitful um, in, in many ways. So, um, you know, how can brands really benefit from NFTs? I'm, I'm just going to go through a few um, hot points that I had written down for, for this great Twitter space. So, um, you know, NFTs are really creating a unique brand experience and it really increases brand awareness in ways that we haven't been able to see or acknowledge before um, and really creating that, um, you know, encouraging interaction in really unique and fascinating ways. So being able to provide like a digital product line extension is really interesting way. Um, whether it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to use like the hot points where everybody may know about um, the brands that are doing this, let's say Nike, because they've had a big foothold, no pun intended, um, on on the space and really understanding what they can do and the creative things that they're able to do within the space. But, you know, creating those physical and digital attachments, um, you know, NFTs can can create that that certificate of authenticity that you were the first one to have this nobody else can take that from you um you know that that warranty of ownership that in previous you know days would just in an email that that you know you may um lose deep within your emails or it's in a paper fashion that you know i've lost so many things in paper um that are important and, and really being able to have on the blockchain a transparent view of ownership that nobody can say, you don't have that, uh, you know, or, or you're not the owner of this. And, and it's really cool to have that badge of ownership for a lot of companies. Um, you know, 39% of those who use NFTs, you know, right now in brands say that they have the best ROI with NFTs out of any channel in their media mix. And of those 16%, 
um, you know, surveyed said that they really plan to use them, uh, you know, e even in, in 2023 uh, in a higher way and putting more marketing dollars to NFTs than they have in any other media channel because they're really seeing uh, the value of those NFTs, really creating those unique experiences, creating that longevity, creating that talk amongst the community that, you know, if I got 10 points from, you know, Nike, I'm not going to talk about it, but if I get this cool NFT that there's only 22 or 23 of them, um, you know, it, it creates a unique badge of, you know, um, of ownership that many are, are much more proud to show, uh, especially with these unique media, um, you know, um, and well, what was that? Unique mix of artist bases and brands really creating that bond with one another. So, you know, it's a, it's a really beautiful place for creators to be, to be able to work with brands um, and, uh, and expand their, um, their talent pool, which is really, really cool. Uh, you know, rewarding long and loyal customers with special perks that are token gated uh, to make sure that they're the only ones that use it is so cool and important. Uh, and, and NFTs can actually create a second stream of revenue outside of the first sale for brands, which has never really been seen before uh, by attaching royalties to it. So, you know, just like artists and creators being able to have that, that um, you know, that resale state and, and being able to capitalize off of that and attain funds after even the first sale for every single sale um, just creates that that longer term of revenue that we just haven't been able to have as brands before in the space, which is really amazing for small businesses and large businesses alike. And I'm really excited to see more of a focus on small businesses getting into the space and seeing what they can do and turning, you know, their their NFTs into you know, almost like Patreons, you know, it's a different, different tiers of access, um, you know, that you can show as a badge of access, uh, instead of, you know, just having an email saying you can access this, but really beautiful integrated artwork is, is something that, that has been really beautiful to see. And so I'm so excited to see what every kind of brand and company comes up with as we go along in this space and it's it's been just like uh, so amazing to see even the brands that, that we're speaking to and, and have worked with how creative they're becoming and and it's really you know in, in this digital era you have to be super creative and hyper creative with so many getting into the space now um and really understanding that you know it's it's experimental we're we're all experimenting and creating the you know and, and i think that that's the beautiful thing like we want to be part of that experimentation. So many people want to be the first to say, you know, I, I, this was the first brand that did this and I got the NFT, you know, like this is so cool what they're able to do and create with this asset that has never been seen before. Um, you know, the, those resale rewards are, are, are just awesome. I, I love that, um, especially for small businesses. Um, so marketing is really like in this world for brands, it's really all about writing current trends and really, like I said, harnessing that excitement, drawing attention, making cool graphics that go along with, with your project and really creating those genuine connections and being really quick to embrace these new technologies and ideas are gonna, are gonna put those brands at a different level in, in just a few years um, you know, than, than, than they have before, just even quicker. So um, I'd love to hear anything that, that Obi has, um, sorry, uh, Toby has to say or Bex or anybody else about anything that I've mentioned so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I agree with you, Elise. Um, 
one thing uh, that I think is uh, the online or the digital space itself is getting a lot more saturated uh, for both big and small brands, right? And so for anyone to sort of um, get a foothold and diversify their revenue stream, I think that um, NFTs have become quite important Right, as a new strategy for people to, uh, for, for businesses really and brands to be able to achieve that, right? Like- That's why we, we, we've, we've got guys like, uh, I mean, Nike, which is a big brand already, is still considering uh, diverging and, and also uh, getting into the NFT space, right? Because uh, I think they also are beginning to see that uh, as much as you want to sell traditional items, right? There's still a new markets that you can explore and are still going to give you a lot more revenue. Right over yeah. a long period of time, based on how the industry is progressing itself. So I think, uh, as emerging businesses as well, it's being able to take a cue from that and, uh, get into it at the early stage of the business, right? And also being able to carve a niche for yourself where, you don't even need to be as big as Nike, right? For you to be able to leverage NFTs and and uh use that to grow the revenue for your business, right? So yeah. from um linking your physical items right to nfts and even giving that uh your customer base the small customer base you have uh leveraging them and using nfts as a way to cultivate that small customer base uh which on uh in the long run is also going to make them um recurring customers for you right because one of the things that you can use nfts to do is to actually build a community that you have right uh attach uh, special attributes to those nfts that uh sort of give long-term value to the nfts which means that the customers at some point are also looking to use those nfts as well so for you as a business it's are giving a customer nfts today for purchasing an item Right, and that NFT maybe gives them access to an event uh, later in the year that uh, they'd be able to even buy more items from you, right? Uh, but yeah. it's then going to be exclusive to to those people that had uh, access to the uh, NFTs initially. That means that that also creates uh, a, a lifetime value that is much more longer for you, uh, for the for the customers that you've been able to get for yourself as a business as well. So definitely, I. I agree on on on, on, uh, on that part regarding leveraging them or leveraging NFTs as a way to uh, generate more revenue for, for small businesses that are coming into this space. Cool, perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. Totally, totally agree. Um, what what do you have to say, Courtney? Thanks for um, sharing. Um, so I was wondering. Um, hi, my name is Courtney. Uh, my pronouns are she/her, um, and I had a question for any of the speakers too what do you think really sets brands apart in their NFT offerings? Cause I'm trying to get in the space and I do want to make myself different. And I agree with what Toby said that it's totally oversaturated when it comes to kind of web three, I feel like PFPs are kind of almost like overdone in a way. And I just want to know what anyone has to say about like, what really sets the brand apart? Is it more of like a community, physical products, like digital offerings, um, or kind of like a combination because I'm part of an NFT group that just did like digital offerings. We got like a six month trial on a meditation app and it's been really cool. Um, I really, really like it. So I just want to know what maybe you thought. I'll start. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, right now, I think that, and that one of the things I was going to talk about is stepping into the metaverse. There's, there's like over 19,000 metaverses. I, I had no idea until I was at the conference last 
month about how many there there were and there's so many ways that you can really engage with community from hosting events and concerts to allowing people to create their own worlds within a, a metaverse maybe created uh, by a company or that's partnered with a company or brand um, you know and um, you know, being able to have assets within them uh, you know own plots of land have gallery showings in there I think that those are some of the most beautiful things that I've seen is really being able to showcase different um, different artists and people like that, especially for galleries. That's huge for galleries right now, huge for fashion, um, is really being able to have a place where people can come and experience something together and that's, that's originally been unattainable. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways, especially just like visually in general, uh, you know, if there's something going on in LA, I'm in Florida, I can't attend, but I still want to have that experience and being able to have those unique experiences that can transcend anywhere across the world to really allow people to have that access, I think is really interesting. Um, go ahead, Bex. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Rebecca or Bex, um, to anyone in the audience. Hello. Um, I, you know, I think that from, from myself personally, uh, the unlockable content inside of a brand NFT is what matters to me. And, and it's, it's not necessarily the experience. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, if, if I'm in a bike club or something like that, because I've been cycling so much lately, if I get a free workshop and, and, or I'm a part of this exclusive ride where you get to ride with, you know, professionals or they do a, a workshop on, you know, climbing hills or whatever, um, then that would be amazing. I do see a lot of brands using it as just um, something as simple as, you know, like Rocks Below. She's a part of a, a brand or an NFT club that's about food. And so I think she gets a free meal once a month. And it also caters to like vegans and, and it's very, you know, um, inclusive. And so I love that type of brand experience. I also think that um, just the use cases with, uh, we, you know, I used to work for a company that was a white label marketplace and um, they onboarded, and this is all public knowledge, so I'm not breaking an NDA, they onboarded PwC, which is one of the largest HR brands. And that brand used the NFT um, as a, like a commemorative thing for their employees saying, okay, well, you've been here, you know, however long and, and you get this NFT. Right. And then, you know, coach had an 80th anniversary redeemable, redeemable NFT. Um, so it's, it's pretty amazing where, uh, it, it really just depends on a, you know, what brand you are and what you're trying to, um, accomplish. And then also, I just think that, um, the business model within web three is really flipping everything on a dime because, you know, it's, it's backwards from web two, as opposed to, okay, well, we have this product and then we have to get the product and then we sell it. That's where we go. And then the community follows. No, 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 no. You have to have the community first. And so I think that the sooner brands start to um, acclimate to this new business model, the better it will be depending. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. doesn't matter how much marketing dollars you have. You're not going to have anything without that community. So for instance, those big brands like Nike, they already have that community of athletes and all that kind of stuff. They just have to now figure out how to leverage the web three space. So, um, for me, it's really more less about the experience and more about, okay, well, what do I get with it? 
that um, if, if they were marketing to me specifically where I'm like, oh, I get this NFT and then I get, you know, every three, every quarter I get, um, you know, new, I'm trying to think of bike stuff, you know, new tires, that's rad, you know, um, or I get a tune up on my bike or um, like a meditation or a yoga practice or something like that. That'd be amazing. So I think it just all depends on who their demographic is and, and what community they already have existing. Um, you know? Yeah. Uh, j- just, just to add a bit to what Beck said, right. Uh, I think that from, from a business standpoint, right. And as a business, uh, I think that the, the first question that you should ask, like when you're trying to create an NFT is to, 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 to basically understand what, what are the most important things to, the end user to the community that are going to ultimately use that NFT, right? Because um, I think that that's probably one of the things that has made quite Nike quite successful, right? Because Nike by default has been able to grow a community that that loves collectibles, right? People like um, having limited edition NFTs, uh, I mean, li- limited edition shoes, right? Of, of, of different types of Nike shoes that have been made over time. And so uh, understanding that demography that they are for themselves and then creating an NFT that speaks directly to that audience and that would make them really want to be a part of that, want, uh, make them want to own those NFTs um, is, is something that has made them quite successful as a brand. And I think that, for any other brand that is going to explore that is basically understand the things that are most important uh, to your existing customers or to the new types of customers that you're looking to uh, get your products in front of and then use that to design the utility for your NFT, right? So that it, 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 just be, it becomes really seamless, right? In terms of people beginning to want to own those NFTs, right? It's, it's just as easy as um, a restaurant could sell NFTs, right? Uh, for people to get um, um, exclusive access to some cuisines that are uh, maybe just made once a year for that restaurant, right? For someone that visits the restaurants regularly, that, that, that's a good offering for them, right? And so uh, it's something they'll be interested in owning, right? Or say an accountant, for instance, or an accounting firm could even create an NFT that allows people who own those NFTs to have uh, one hour of consulting, uh, free consulting, right, where uh, they'd be able to get free advices on their finances and they could also resell that NFT to even other clients that are looking to get priority uh, to get some of that consultancy as well. I mean, it's just basically designing utility around the things that are most important to, to, to the target audiences that, that are ultimately going to use that NFT. I think that's probably one of the most important things that brands need to consider when, when trying to create something. Uh, and I think that that is a hundred percent like the main focus and the deep dive that needs to happen within companies, like find out why people love you and then experiment with that in unique and interesting ways. I think that the, the, the company that I kind of share most about um, in there, it's called linksdow.io. So they're, they're saving up to, um, you know, buy a, a golf course and create for their community and their, and their members, their member holders. But it's it's golf based and related so their nft is this cool like membership card you get a global membership or leisure membership and in here they have the discounts to all of the companies that that golfers really care about like top golf callaway you know ship stays club club glove um you know um holderness and born like really um interesting 
you know, discounts, like huge 20%, 30%, really putting value into what your consumer consumers care about. And, and I think that it's really important to, you know, partner with other creators or other brands and add in that utility and really have that longevity um, for NFTs and, and, and show the true potential of, of what they can be. Um, and, and I think that, you know, an important part as people are starting in the space, you know, is to make sure that, you know, you have scarcity and rarity. Uh, I love having a good cause behind things. It really just, you know, helps with marketing and sharing a positive attitude and outlook to show that you're more than just a brand that cares about themselves, but you have, you know, something, some, a greater good and have that be attached, you know, um, uh, you know, to that, to that um, NFT in some way or to that brand or the mission, um, you know, working with a sustainable company or brand, um, you know, really putting the passion in, into those that, that you want to see be successful and that really align with your brand as well, um, you know, and really exper experimenting with that true authenticity, genuine attitude and, and things like that. Um, but really having that, that, you know, you kind of have to engineer the right trade-offs between availability and exclusivity. So like if they're too rare, you might have issues keeping that consumer interest because, oh, you know, like crap, they're out of reach. Uh, you know, there's, they only made, you know, 20 of them and now they're like each $15,000. But you also, on, on the other hand, you don't want to make too many to where that perception of value may dwindle. Um, so being, you know, like being careful about that is definitely something to think of as a brand. Yeah, Courtney. You're on mute. Huh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the big differences than Web3 is that um, we have the opportunity to, instead of, you know, calling people consumers, calling them your community. Because I think what all the speakers have really had this, like, unified stance about is caring about what they really want like toby said with a restaurant and getting an nft for like an exclusive dining experience like hell yeah like i know so many people that are not even involved in uh, web3 would hear that or see that promoted and be like oh well i definitely want to come to an exclusive party or like a event you know what i mean and getting like a different tasting or maybe you're entitled to like a different bottle of wine every quarter you know and I think it's really taking that leap into keeping your community not only engaged, but like really excited. And like what you said too, Elise, about having like a good cause. I think it's like that, that appropriate mix of like engagement, excitement, and social good. Because I feel like that's where like a lot of magic can happen. And that's what can bring a lot of people together too, is having that unified community, standing for something, being able to like communally partake in offering the betterment of different societies or maybe their, you know, their shared goal and then being able to create a product that can say like, Hey, I helped do this or, Hey, I'm part of this community and this is what we're doing. I think it's such a cool opportunity. Um, and it makes me kind of excited for supporting smaller brands and supporting, you know, growing brands to say like, Hey, I was a part of their first NFT drop and now they're this, huge brand um so i think there's like a really cool opportunity for less consumers and more community because i feel like that's what so many of us in web3 are wanting 
Yeah, and and I I feel that you know across uh, the the communities is wanting you know, and it's not just creating an NFT with the promises of of doing this or the other thing. I think that a lot of people have been burned in NFTs in the last year with so many, um, you know, just rug pulls from projects or projects not following through, um, you know, or or promising a lot and it being a lo- very little or or much slower than was expected. Um, and, and I would just want to make sure that, you know, people believe in follow through. And I think that the more there is of that, as we, you know, transcend through Web3 and really holding ourselves to high standards as brands, companies, you know, consumers and creators, um, you know, really creating that that safe space where people can feel like this is going to happen when it's they say it's going to happen when it's part of their roadmap. And, and I can believe in this brand, this company, and they really like are following through with what they're doing, and the partnerships that they're making and and the good work that they're doing. And, um, you know, I, and that's a really great thing to utilize NFTs for and wallets is being able to have that community actually see what you're doing with funds. Um, you know, if you say you're going to give it to a good cause, you know, on X date, you know, they can see the wallet, they know who, you know, who owns the wallet, you know, through, through like um, companies like the Giving Block are amazing, who we're working with as well, uh, that, that help onboard nonprofits and good causes across the world um, in, a, in a really easy fashion. They really do, do a lot um, for nonprofits, but working with, you know, reputable companies like that to make sure that your community can see. Uh, you know, where those funds go, if you choose to do, you know, involve social good, uh, which is a great, great benefit for brands and marketing and, and who is receiving the funds and the and the work that you're able to do in a different way that is is just really creative and, you know, supporting artists that may not be able to be su- supported in another way and really creating unique experiences is, is a, a beautiful way that Web3 is really playing out. I'd love to hear what you have to say, Bex. Thank you. You know, what you just said about um, transparency kind of made me just think of something that I'd never thought about before as far as like web two to web three marketing and expectations as far as like this community that we're in currently. We, for me, I know that all of my friends and everyone that I associate with, um, we all want to see people that are doxxed, right? Where we definitely understand anonymity and I, I understand that people want to be anonymous and and you know my brother for instance he does not want to be on social media because he um, has social anxiety and so I I run our art page for him and you know I'll, I'll do some interviews here and there with him but as far as large corporations I think that the lack of transparency as far as who you know you have to dive into websites to see who's running the show right? Like who's on their board, who's their CEO, where's their money going. And I think that that's the huge difference, obviously, between web two and web three. And I think that with these new expectations of complete transparency, it's, it's going to change the game on, on um, what corporations are going to have to do as far as being transparent and doxxed for people to really buy in. Right. And so I just feel that it's, it's going to cause this beautiful shift in, and expectations from a consumer perspective on, okay, well, that's great. You've got this product, you've got this, you've got that. And I know you're Nike, but who the hell are you? Who actually are you? (laughs) You know? And so I think that um, if we can continue to have that high expectation of transparency, even with these existing monster companies, I think that that will create a shift that, um, that can be really beneficial and for the consumer, I mean, obviously, it's going to be really hard for the companies that are used to, you know, 
locking away their identity and who they really are, um, it's going to be hard for them to adjust. But I, I do think that it can, it can bring forth a positive movement. Um, and that's just literally, I'm, I'm digesting the thought out loud. So I'm sure there's holes that need to be picked in it, but <laughs> it just makes me feel comfortable in the fact that, um, you know, we're, we're holding each other accountable in this space in ways that I haven't seen in web two. And it really makes me optimistic for kindness in the future as far as like, okay, we're not trying to, you know, wreck your company. We just want to know more about who you are. And I think that that is not a hard ask, you know, um, you know, we, we, I feel more comfortable knowing, you know, who I'm buying from, who's verified, the verification process, you know, who's going to be held accountable if something goes awry. Uh, and a lot of that is being built in Web3 now, um, because, you know, it started out in that want to be hyper, you know, like not, I'm sorry, not hyper transparent, but uh, hyper anonymous, um, you know, you, you're just uh, a name, um, you know, an at and a PFP. And now the doxing people are now like, well, after all these things have happened, like, we need you to be doxxed to show like who's doing, you know, the things inside of the community, who is actually running the community, who's running marketing, um, you know, really understanding who's behind things. And I think that that, you know, like have your PFP and your at, but I think it's really important to know who's behind there to create that, like that. <sighs> okay, cool. You know, um, and knowing the history uh, of who is, who is doing that and, and working those um, aspects of companies and brands uh, is just really, really important. And it's beautiful to see a community like being taken seriously in Web3 uh, for asking those things and coming together and having that power of needing that transparency to further this, uh, this ecosystem along. Go ahead, Toby. Yeah, and, and speaking of transparency itself, right, that I think it, 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 the whole idea of transparency that comes along with the Web3 space is, is something that has also been properly leveraged, right, by businesses in the space, even for their own benefit, right, not even just from an accountability standpoint, right? So, for instance, two major things, right? So, um, NFTs are being used as a means to build trust and authenticity, Right, and the reason why that use case even exists in the first place is is because of the transparency that comes with the space, right? And also, NFTs being able to use uh, as a means to manage supply chain processes, right? Like uh, instances like uh, small businesses, right, can use our uh, NFTs, right, and 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 uh, of course, in cooperation with the entire Web three blockchain technology space to to manage their supply chain, right? Easily track their products, where the products have been, uh, if it's really directly from the manufacturers. This could even be in form of the raw materials that they're using to produce uh, some of the things that, that, that they are using for their products as well to see uh, where those products are coming from to check the validity, uh, which could ultimately make or break their businesses if, I mean, if, if the materials that are being used are, are substandard as well. So for me, I think that even from... Um, from uh, a quality control standpoint, right? I think NFTs uh, have been playing major roles and and also can play major roles for for small businesses. We've got um, entire blockchains like VeChain, right? That is basically setting up uh, infrastructures on the blockchain to help businesses in the space that are looking to explore, um, leveraging uh, the blockchain and leveraging NFTs as a means to 
better track supply chain. So I think that from that standpoint as well, uh, and referring to transparency, it has also benefited businesses significantly in, in securing their products as well. And I think that that's like kind of an aspect that not a lot of people think of or even know is is out there as, you know, being able to have NFTs as these like encoded digital identifiers is really interesting that, yep. you know, unless you're kind of like really in the space, you don't know the, the whole host of real world purchase and consumption experiences that can really be like infused into our digital lives that are super authentic really portable across communities, very transparent, really creating these new exciting possibilities for brands and consumers alike to be able to say, here's what we're doing. This is where it's from. This is where it's made. You can make sure it's followed there. What, Courtney, you and I were looking at a, um, a product and it, it, you, it followed the, uh, I think it was um, a mattress company and they're using blockchain technology so you can follow and know where the, you know, like the blockchain certificate for your your product and know where it was made, how it was made, what batch it was, and then you know instead of like, you know having you know a bottle with a batch number, you know it, it it's always there and transparent, and you can you know you can always have that with you, uh, and really verify where these things are coming from. Um, I think that a bottle company is doing that with their, like a whiskey company. Our um, director of biz dev. Kevin had mentioned this really cool uh, way that they're utilizing like matching liquid um, like molecule structure with the NFT to know, uh, you know, it, it's exactly made of these compounds and what is true and what is not out of the liquid, which is, you know, per bottle, which is wild, like these wildly experimental, interesting use cases that I think are really going to help, like you said, Toby these uh you know these massive um supply chain management systems that that really give the end consumer that um that you know that breathable aha you know good feeling moment that this is a real product you know and nobody can tell me that i don't have it um or take that away from me or you know you can resell it on a secondary market uh, and the brand can also, you know, get those kickbacks from it if they'd like to, which is really interesting. And that that whole secondary market expansion is something that that is so, um, you know, intuitive with uh, communities and consumers, and really creating a new space, uh, you know, for 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 physical and digital lives mixed together, and really being able to like expand that and make it really authentic. Um, you know, and, and the same for like POAPs, you know, uh, if, if you're unfamiliar, but having that, um, you know, let's say you stood in line to buy the new iPhone when it released or attended a concert by a really popular brand before they're famous, or let's say you're just simply interested in sharing your extensive brand name wardrobe with, you know, your digital friends um, in a way that's really natural and understanding. So uh, it, it, it's, it's, you can have these, uh, you know, basically visual certificates of authenticity of having been and having done, and having experienced these things that, that are kind of like your new, um, you know, not not your new dream board, but dream board of like kind of like accomplishments and and happenings and things that you've been a part of and are really something that you can always have with you and that can never go anywhere, or burn up in a fire. It, it will be there. It will be. Um, you know, understood and seen and transparent. Uh, and, and that's really cool. I, I love showing off NFTs and seeing other collections of, of uh, collectors. Go ahead, Bex. 
I love uh, that you're bringing up POAPs. So uh, Kindness and Crypto, we do our Twitter spaces and, and have POAPs in there and um, for every space that we hold, unless we forget. But, <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that um, conferences and um, conferences are starting to use POAPs as kind of not, not just like certification that you've been there, but also like continuing ed credit where you've put in the work, you've gone there, you've listened. Um, and I think if, if we could get more granular from an event management perspective on like, even with the, the, the workshops, right, within it, not just that you were there, but I also attended this workshop and I learned about building or I learned about, you know, coding or I learned about community management. I think that um, to be able to show that you've put in hours worth of work um, and participated in something that uh, can potentially go towards continuing education and personal development is a major thing um that you know linkedin is starting i i think linkedin will be using that um also so yeah i just think that the poap is so underrated right now and will be utilized heavily soon um yeah it makes me think of just even mental health first aid that one of our co-founders is a um, a teacher for that and Rox and i have both become certified in mental health first aid and, and having that as a POAP and putting it on your LinkedIn or, or whatever. I just think that we'll be using those more um, frequently, probably within the next five years, as opposed to just, you know, oh, I've got my MD. No, it's actually a POAP now too. And it's an NFT and you can't mess with my certification if I'm a physician or anything like that. And, and I also think it's a great way to just, um, again, with that transparency with education in general is, is going to be a huge use case with NFTs and POAPs with um, new certifications and qualifications. Yeah, I think that that is totally like the, the way of the future. Um, and, and I love that that's happening with events and events that you're working with because you know, just even even afterward, I love you know I love the learn to earn. I think that that is amazing. Like interact to earn, um, you know, and, and being able to have new and cool, interesting experiences for interacting with a brand or interacting with a conference or, you know, because you have if you have this po op and you know link in your wallet, you'll get X amount off. You know, the event next year because you came last year, um, and being able to have these like. The, these these representations uh, is really like a be- it's and, and instead of having like a resume that can be super dry just full of words you know look at all of our LinkedIn's you know they're not for nothing but they're super boring I'd love to see you know something that in that visual aspect that's interesting and beautiful and engaging um, you know like a lot of the NFTs are that, that are revolved and and poops as well and they're fun and they're it feels, um, you, you know, like r- really rewarding um, when I get one. And I think that that is a great way for brands to be able to utilize that, like come in, you know, visit our uh, concert or something, you know, the event in the metaverse and you get this cool PO app and, you know, your airdrop of this or that, or you get, you know, an exclusive discount um, or another exclusive experience, which is really cool. Like I, I always love to be engaged by brand, but there's something new that I get for interacting with a brand in a certain way. Uh, and it's really, it, you know, it's, it's up to the, um, you know, the, the, 
experimentation of brands to really create that excitement and and get those um, those consumers and even new consumers like this is a great realm for new consumers to be brought in and, and just get people excited. Yeah, Toby. Yeah, just speaking from the side of even what brands can benefit more themselves, right? Uh, I know Bex was speaking about online courses. Uh, and uh, for me, I'm also looking at it from the perspective of even like access to digital services, right? So, yeah, we, we've seen that uh, in terms of piracy that comes with content and digital content, right? So um, I think that, uh, it, for, for instance, a lot of online courses where... Um, they're supposed uh, to be sold, right, to to uh, to the people that they're intended for, but most of them are being downloaded for free, right, uh, on pirated platforms, right? And so uh, even from a Web3 NFT standpoint, right, where um, a, a lot of these services can be designed in such a way that those world NFTs are, are the only ones that would be able to access those courses, right, or even they need to connect their wallet addresses uh, to the to, to the website itself where the course or, or the content is stored before they can access that, right? One is, of course, uh, they're able to build customer loyalty from that, uh, from people that are engaging with uh, this content, but also it, it's an easy way to, to keep the content pirate away, right? And I think that this is something that we can even use for platforms like um, Netflix, for instance, right? Netflix is screaming about people sharing their passwords, and giving access to one person uh, giving uh, passwords to five, six other people, which is, of course, uh, it's into the bottom line on a large scale when, when that's replicated. So just imagine where these infrastructures are also being leveraged as a way to, to, to for, for consumers and, and their customers to to get access to the digital uh, digital services that they're offering. Say you're collecting connecting your wallet address to uh, Netflix, for instance, before you get access to that. I mean, that sort of, to a large extent, limits how much of sharing can be going on. And and it's, it's a way for them to also uh, keep that revenue up and, and, and still make sure that uh, they're getting the right value for the services that they're pushing out to consumers as well. And that's a great point. Like, it's not just the trust that consumers want in brands. It's the it's the trust that brands want in consumers as well. Because we, <laughs> I'm very guilty of giving my mom my Netflix password, you know, and as yeah, happy yeah. as that may be, if I was Netflix, you know, at, at, as a brand, <laughs> you know, it would be, you know, crappy because they do create a lot of cool, cool material. There's things that I binge watch endlessly. Um, you know, and, you know, that it, it's a lot of high quality stuff that, that are, is being created. And I can only get that with the right amount of revenue. And until you own a business, it's, it's hard to understand sometimes, you know, and think that it's this massive conglomerate. Well, it, you know, there's, there's so much going on behind the scenes. And there's so even for a small business, like there's so many people that are needed, like community, marketing, um, graphics, uh, cr you know, just creating the artwork, uh, you know, partnerships, and that that can just be like for one small project. And that's so involved, imagine like a huge company. So even, you know, it, it's a ton of work once you really get into those aspects of owning a brand and really realizing like, dang, it is, it is, you have to be everywhere at once these days, um, you know, especially a lot in, in Web3, you know, you have to be on Discord, or GM.xyz, you have to be on Twitter, um, you know, and, and emailing the right people, making the right partnerships, um, really creating and, and it's putting in more time, um, creating these really genuine relationships. But I think, you know, as far as marketing goes, it's great. It's so much more valuable to create those genuine, you know, connections that aren't just going to be a, 
buy and leave, but are actually going to be like repeat buyers, repeat users, those that, that share your vision and share your morals as a brand and company and really seeking out who those people are instead of just account, you know, counting them as a number, that connection. And I think after COVID, we really desired that heightened amount of connection, that need um, to, to not just be seen as a number in a room, uh, you know, an analytic, but, but a human being with a, a passion and purpose and, and wants and needs that, that can definitely be met by the companies that we're passionate about um, in these new and inventive ways. And I know that we're almost getting to the end and I'll, I'll just end with like a, a few kind of like close out little, little tips. And then um, I'll, I'll have Toby and Bex and Courtney, if you wanted to say anything to end here. So, you know, like I, I think that the lesson here is that consumers are willing to pay for great experiences. I'm willing to pay for an incredible experience that, that gives back to me as a consumer um, and that helps, you know, like create success in the brand that I'm passionate about. And, you know, for brands, you know, that, that are listening to this or will listen to this, it's really important, you know, especially in, in the Web3 world to utilize, um, you know, uh, working on blockchains with eco-friendly blockchains like Polygon. Soon, hopefully, Ethereum will be much more eco-friendly. Um, I think today is the, the, the day of the merge. Maybe it's the 16th, um, but it's a, it'll be a slow and steady process for Ethereum. But utilizing blockchains that make sense for your community values is so important so make sure that you do the research and understand the history you know I, I remember Solana being a good choice but then they have a ton of you know outages and a lot of issues and um, you know so it's important to really you know even get get a, a blockchain advisor maybe you know if it's not your forte but understanding that the blockchain choice is really important and and another thing is that a lot of people brands um, consumers and creators, <clears throat> kind of like have a mask over their eyes, feeling like the, the NFTs are as volatile as cryptocurrency when they do not have to be. You can list things first in USDC or USDC compatible blockchain. There's one um, that's, I think it's you, it's one for um, Europe as well that works with the Euro. But, you know, right now in the, on, on the major marketplaces, if you list, you're listing in a blockchain. So if you list at, let's say, one ETH, and that's, let's say, $1,000 right now, and Ethereum crashes, then, you know, your, your NFT could be worth $10 by the end of the day, whatever that one ETH is worth. So if you're listing instead in USDC, you know, uh, that, that's uh, equal to, one, you know, one is equal to $1, then if you list in 200, <clears throat> $200, it's always going to stay that amount. It will never lose its value, and it's not volatile. So, you know, and instead the blockchains move around it. So Ethereum would go up and down based on how much $200 was in Ethereum or Polygon, which is really, really interesting that so many marketplaces and any marketplace that, that we work with, um, you know, and metaverses and games like have that option to utilize the listing in USDC so it's not volatile and people don't, you know, assume that that nfts are just like cryptocurrency because they don't have to be there are ways around that so i'm always like staggeringly like stupefied that these major marketplaces that they're you know the largest names are only really allowing to list in a blockchain that creates that volatility and that fear and not only the brand but the the consumer um, and, and really in, in this trying to bridge this education between web 2 and web 3 and understanding like value 
it's really simple to help bridge that gap. And I'm not sure why so many have made it so difficult. So really, you know, try to work with, uh, you know, a company like Circle who actually created the USDC um, and, and, and being able to, to list in different um, formats and different currencies other than the blockchain where people can buy in blockchains that you choose, but you list in something that's not as volatile. Um, and I think that that's really important as well as just making sure like at the end of the day, we're passionate about protection, security, verification, and encryption. Like that is so needed. Taking care of your brand assets and IP, and, and making sure that the consumer knows what they can and can't do about them. Making sure that that's really clear. Making sure you know, like, there's two-factor authentication. That there's like encryption properties. That that you're really protecting people. Um, you know, within your brand, within your company, within your project is just so you know, above and beyond important and in, in ensuring that you're working with, you know, people that, that can provide that, like, you know, Amberfy, that's what we do. That's what we're passionate about. And that's kind of like how we even just started working in, in marketplaces. Like we are really passionate about building, uh, you know, like this, the security infrastructure. And, and so many wanted to, you know, like uh, the other marketplaces just don't offer that. So we started to create things from the bottom up for, for companies and large brands and, um, you know, metaverses and games and stuff. So it's like that full infrastructure. So just making sure that you're creating uh, uh, an infrastructure and, and process that is both benefiting to you as a brand and the consumers that you're wanting to bring on and make that a safe experience is just so important. Um, and yeah, that's that's my 15 cents. Um, Toby, <laughs> Bex, or Courtney, did you have anything else to add uh, before we close out in a minute? Yep. Um, on my end, I guess just a few things uh, uh, for businesses to also take note of is that um, like every consumer commodity, right, um, a lot of small businesses might also find that it takes a little time for the NFTs to sell, right? So that, that that also needs to be taken into consideration. And it's also what looking into the cost of developing and maintaining these NFTs, right? Small business owners uh, should also consider which platforms they want to list their NFTs on uh, and make a choice, right, based on the platform's reputation, uh, dependability, security, audience traffic, uh, and a lot of other things to consider as well, just so they know that, um, I mean, th 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 there's a whole framework uh, that goes along with that just to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And uh, although, like, the, the NFT trend isn't about to slow down anytime soon, right, uh, it's important for businesses to also think about uh, how exactly an NFT contributes to their overall brand, uh, their marketing, and also their community development strategy as well, because uh, without that, it, it could end up looking like just an expensive gimmick. So just uh, things that I think businesses should also consider uh, before deciding to proceed with uh, creating an NFT for themselves. That's that's my little sense. Thanks, Toby. I really appreciate that. I think that that's really really important as well, just to know, you know, um, we're, we're in a new realm, uh, you know, so, so a lot of things are testing the water, seeing what works and doesn't work. And it's okay. If so, the first thing doesn't work, like that, just like first ads on Facebook don't always work. Like you have to figure out what your community likes and, 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 and it's an evolutionary process and don't yep. be dismayed. Um, you know, it, it, you get the good feedback. This is a really great feedback centric, um, you know, community. So it's, it's, it's fine to ask for feedback. You know, your community wants to be part of that feedback, that process, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Bex, Courtney, do you have anything to add? 
No, I just wanted to thank you for having me up. And also, you know, I, I, th- I just think that uh, going back to core values with marketing and brands entering this space is just, you know, stay kind, really figure out what the, the biggest value add to your consumer and community is and, and really start to shift the thinking um, from consumer to community, like Courtney said, I think is really a key point. And, um, you know, be patient because it takes time. And, and if you are a brand that's entering the space now, you're ahead of the game and take heed in that and that, um, yeah, just be slow and steady and uh, really engage with your community more than you ever have in your other marketing strategies. Yeah, the engagement part is above and beyond necessary and where those marketing dollars should really be spent like that on the ground, uh, you know, really connecting with those who you want to see as your consumers. And as a consumer, um, you know, Courtney, do you have anything to add about things that you'd love to see from brands or things that you're, you know, you, you love seeing right now that, that make you passionate about being a, an NFT consumer in this really cool brand and community centric world that we're getting into? I think um, the thing I'm most excited about is really moving away from Web 2 and really stepping into Web 3 and in means of caring about their community um, as far as what brands can do and um, and just bringing a different level of experience with that community. Um, so I'm excited to see where things go and I'm happy that more brands are kind of seeing that this isn't um, as intimidating or as scary as it needs to be. And um, I'm especially excited for the social good that could come of it. Not that every brand has to have a social good aspect, but those make me particularly excited. Thanks. Yeah, those always make me excited. I'm always more and I have always been more apt to go towards that. That's just where, you know, my my kind of mind rely, you know, like kind of resides is is on social good is on wanting to see more than just taking my money, but you're actually giving to something that I'm also passionate about as well, or I can see myself aligned with. So thanks for saying that. And thanks for everybody who talked today. I think this was a really, really cool, um, you know, chat. And we're going to have this added to our podcast by the end of the day. Um, our Amber Five podcast, it's in our link tree. So if you have, this will be here for 30 days, they disappear. Just so anybody knows, <laughs> these phases disappear after 30 days. Um, and then it'll be on our podcast. So you guys can share it with anybody. Um, and, you know, um, I hope that you got some value out of it. And I look forward to our next space together. And thank you so much for coming, everybody. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day, morning, evening, uh, and we'll see you next time. Amber Fi.